0: Hey everyone, my name is Caleb. And I'm Ben, and you are listening to Tribal Talk, a Survivor Podcast. We are coming into um season 40 with a lot of experience just talking in front of microphones and giving the fans what they want. And I just wanted to pick your brain real quick before we go into the content for this episode and just talk about a little bit about how how we prepare for our podcast sessions. Do you typically tend to do a little bit of preparation in terms of notes do you tend to watch the episode over again before we get talking about it give the uh tribal talk nation a little bit of an idea of what your pre-podcast preparation looks like
1: each week when i watch survivor the first viewing is pretty much the for fun viewing my wife and i watch it i normally make some popcorn most of the time I burn the popcorn because I'm really bad at making popcorn. Like this last <laughs> week, I accidentally burned the popcorn because I took a snack size bag of popcorn, put it in the microwave, thinking it was a full size bag of popcorn and cooked it for two and a half minutes and what then it came back.
0: Hold up, hold up. What is a snack size? I thought a bag of popcorn was snack size. It is a
1: blasphemous thing that my wife purchased thinking that it would make me consume less popcorn. But in actuality, <laughs> what it does is I just eat more snack size bags rather than (laughs) one giant bag. But anyway, I didn't realize that it was a snack size bag. So I put it in the microwave for two and a half minutes, burned the tar out of that thing. I came back and the whole house smelled like smoke. And then we had to throw away our microwave because there's like burned butter like inside of it now. So anyway, you know, we watched the first time through for fun and then I just kind of let it marinate if we have time, you know, I just kind of let it cook in my brain, Mm -hmm,
0: let it, mm -hmm. I just
1: think about it, talk about it with my wife and some other people. Never you though. Because we never no. want to pollute the content of this no, podcast. No, no. But, you know, I think about it, uh, and then I think, you know, what are the things that stood out to me? What questions do I have? What happened in yet another live tribal? And then I watch it a second time. And this one, I'm trying to really just suss out exactly what happened in the episode, where people were at different times. That's the one where I really take some notes and try to decide sure. what we're going to discuss on the week. What about you?
0: Yeah, I mean, the first one's funsies, just experiencing it with all the fans and and getting drawn into the emotion of the moment pumping my fist cheering uh, crying my eyes uh, no I don't no I, I actually haven't I haven't gotten really sad on this one yet this one hasn't made me sad yet
1: i've been sad every time one of the old school players left but now that ethan ethan gone, was a
0: tough pill to swallow ethan, ethan was, was a tough yeah that I one think was...
1: rob got me a little bit seeing yule go just because he was the last one i was like man end of an era they're all gone right? yeah so yeah. those ones were a little tougher for me but like seeing tyson go the second time i was like yeah you know i already saw you leave once
0: so yeah first one's funsies I the the second one is for the fans. It's for the it's so that I can, you know, do kind of the the tough, the tough work of, you know, figuring out exactly what's going on and um, really paying attention to the social dynamics. Now I've stopped making notes, I would say, the first season I was like, you know, it was like a school subject. And I found it, honestly, to be kind of a little bit unfun when I was making notes um so now i just dome it man i just off the dome and uh it's it's pretty it's been pretty fun but yeah it is important i feel like for us to our our discussion about the episode to be sacred and you know make sure that we're not discussing anything beforehand so can i just wing it now that's all for the pre that's kind of our pre-show like our pre-discussion discussion yeah Yeah, I thought it'd be fun for the fans to kind of get a back, you know, behind the scenes um, look at our show and um, our actual personalities before we talk about Tony. I mean, Survivor. (laughs) Um, Caleb, it looks like, you know, we're going to we're going to be talking about Tony a lot, I think, for possibly the remainder of the season. Um, I wasn't sure that that was the case last episode I um, felt like Tony might have pulled the trigger a little early. We'll still talk about that. But uh, I think think we need to... First off, we need to hop in our boat again, our little rowboat, and
1: head over to the good old Edge of Extinction. Yeah, baby. Let's talk about it. We had another challenge this week, another really intense endurance challenge. I really like this challenge because for the players that were there early... On the island they were like oh no not again like ethan even said he was like i was not ready or into doing this challenge again the reason why i think the challenge is good is because it brings these players just like it did the first time to their core and it shows us all these really cool character moments that really to me is the most valuable thing that we got out of this so there were a lot of little things and quite a few big things that we saw here but first i want to talk about the people who finished this challenge so the finishers were tyson yule wendell And then Natalie, Sophie, and Parvati. So those were the six that finished first. Maybe Boston Rob actually did finish, but those are the six that
0: finished first. Don't take that from him. (laughs) Yeah. So,
1: I mean, honestly, Tyson and Yule and Wendell, those ones are not shocking to me. Those are probably the most, those are probably the three most physically gifted people on the edge of extinction.
0: Can you say those three again? yule wendell
1: and tyson where is natalie oh i'll get the natalie i'll get the natalie you better because she finished first bro yeah she did and she she did great here's here's why i list them they're big and they're strong and they're male and typically speaking on physical challenges there's a slight edge there Mm. however however here are the people that shocked me this week natalie who has been on the edge of extinction i think since day three Maybe day four or something like that. But she's been on the edge now for like 30 days, subsisting on rice and maybe the occasional scoop of peanut butter from a benevolent Tyson or poverty or something, right? And yet she runs this thing. And I just – I did the math on this. I believe they were running for like two to two and a half hours. So let's assume that they were running pretty slow, like jogging at five miles an hour. They ran 10 miles Mm -hmm. at least. Mm -hmm. And they're not running on nice, you know, gym track. They're running on nasty terrain over rocks, in the tide. And Natalie, like you said, finished first. The person that was next most impressive was Sophie because I didn't think that Sophie had that in her. I know she's good at challenges. She's not she's not a slouch by any means, but that was surprising. And then Parvati, she had a baby like a few months ago and she's not that young anymore. And she hung in there, like she said, with Tyson, one of the endurance athletes.
0: First off, uh, Natalie, I was not surprised. I feel like, I mean, even just looking at her, um or watching the way she runs you can tell she's a beast man she is an absolute beast like she she has put some work in the gym furthermore i mean she didn't even look faced by that 10 miles like she was tired sure but i mean she she if she had been pushed uh she could have gotten a lot a lot faster i think too she and and here's the thing her survivor experience has been very very different from just about everyone else's she's been on the edge of extinction since the very beginning and and she's still super strong and that is just incredibly incredibly impressive i would go as far as to say that she is the most physical player in this season of survivor i have been impressed over and over and over and over again By not just her endurance, but her strength, you know, that was kind of a highlight possibly of her season. If she doesn't get back into the game, I mean, that was just like, hey, look, I am a tough, tough person. And uh, very proud of her. Um, I I agree with you on Parvati. I thought uh, that was pretty impressive. I mean, really impressive. And Sophie caught me by surprise as well. You know, you think of her as kind of the cerebro, brilliant kind of nerd, right? And she showed us she's got some real strength as well. So yeah, and the, the, the guys did outstanding. I was surprised also by Wendell. I mean, he got pushed hard by Danny and he just about got beat. Now that I, I've said Danny's name, I... That poor woman, man. Look, it's not just her though. I mean, if you look at Tyson. Yeah. I mean, they are skin and bones, man. These people are seriously deprived. Uh, Rob slipped and nearly broke his elbow. I mean, that was an incredibly difficult, very physical, super dangerous challenge for this late in the season on the Edge of Extinction. And then you have people
1: like Wendell, like, parkouring across the rocks. I identified with Adam in this episode, man. And you will, too. Yeah, I was like, like, just like Adam was. He was, like, watching Wendell, like, do superhero (laughs) moves over. And he's like, what? What is happening? And he's, like, very carefully, gingerly
0: traipsing across these rocks right i'm like you know adam that would be me too i would have respected adam more if he had just been like well not for me and just sat down and watched everyone i was surprised that he even tried and i did not really respect it because he just looked so pathetic out there he's like a lost little puppy just wandering around like i, don't I can't think i saw
1: him run a single time what do you expect to happen man do you expect that everyone's just gonna drop from heat exhaustion? Like how are you gonna <laughs> how are you gonna win this? Why are you wasting your time?
0: Like just line up next to them, Adam, and tell me how you have a shot at this challenge. <laughs> See, and if it was like Rob where he was like, I
1: want to finish for my own sake and for my own pride, I want to finish. I would have given him mad respect. It's like, you know what, you didn't go that fast, but you finished. But I don't think he finished. I think he just no, went he like not.
0: five or six trips and was like
1: all done. I guess I'm finished now.
0: Maybe he was bored and didn't have anything else to do, but he, he was under no delusion that he was going to win. You know, everyone else on on
1: the island is doing it. Why shouldn't you? What else are you going to do with your time?
0: Yeah. So I think that's about all I have to say. I think I think uh, I'm surprised by production that they would make this challenge happen this late with with everybody so hungry and and thin. Man, I mean, I I was genuinely concerned for Danny. I guess uh, it it's worth saying that you know rob kind of had uh, one of those moments survivor really tends to respect that type of play you're gonna get more camera time if you do that and rob did it so um you know respect
1: yeah on rob i think it was interesting just to watch someone who has been in this game for so long really just become a shell of what he used to be not that he's bad in this game strategically by any stretch of the imagination and he's not an easy out ever in any challenge sure however rob back in all stars or on marquesas would have smoked this yeah and he's coming to grips with the fact that he's not that young man anymore and he can't quite let it go and accept it so he has to for his own pride just keep going make one more trip make one more trip. And you even heard some of the other Survivor players this week going, why is he still going? You know, and I think it was Wendell that said, you know, he has a lot of pride. Mm -hmm. And we got to hear Amber hear her side of it. Basically, you know, he has to do this for him. And Rob respects the game so much. I don't think he can ever play it and give up. I don't think you could put Rob out there for 60 days, 70 days. I don't think he'd ever raise that flag. He would stay out there for as long as it takes. I think this is one little moment that shows you that. He will never give up. He won't quit until he's with finality out of the game.
0: It's a tough guy. He he is a credit to Survivor. I'm glad he's in this season. Yeah, he showed us what he's made of. He is not, he's not Sandra, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Had to get that little dig in. I think it's time. Let's hop back in that boat mosey back on over to the main island let's talk about the challenge what did you you think about the new additions that kind of move things along more quickly
1: i'm generally in favor of things that will make the challenges more intense because while i do love pretty much every single endurance challenge that survivor has given us over the years i don't know if making them longer makes them more entertaining and more valuable to us as viewers right so increasing the intensity by saying hey not only do you have to keep your arm up in the air but you have to balance on this and not only do you have to do those two things but you can't use your other arm to support your arm that's upright doing those things makes it go more quickly but the intensity is way 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 higher case in point, the game only went for 15 minutes this time, whereas I think in Survivor Africa like Jeff said, I think he said it went for 6 hours or something, and then they added the bounce beam, and then went for 1 hour, and then now went for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. To me, the viewer virtually no different, right? And Mm -hmm. yet, they got to spend more time on gameplay than afterwards strategically, leading us to a good tribal council, and less time here on the beach. It's equally intense, it's just more compressed.
0: I think so. I think it was um, surprising that he waited as long as he did to bring the food temptation out.
1: I did like hearing, though, that like those decisions are made before the challenge ever starts. The food's coming out at 15 minutes, whether it's 10 people or two people left in their category, right? It's coming out at 15 minutes.
0: Yeah, I think they kind of did a miscalculation, though. True. I, I kind of like it more if I feel like Jeff is kind of playing it by ear a little bit. Like, I like that they're able to make changes based on what's actually happening in the game, which I know they do at times. But I think in this case, like they were actually hurting like five minutes in. And so a lot of, uh, you know, two or three players didn't even have the option to come down for the cookies and and milk. And
1: out of curiosity. Have you ever tried doing the arm portion of this challenge? Because I did it the other day. And your arm goes numb in about three minutes, and everything after that is just painful.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna do it while we're doing our podcast. All right, I'll do it
1: with you. We'll see who lasts longer.
0: Oh, hey, I love that. We're on webcam, so we can see
1: who makes it longer.
0: Wait a second. Let's uh, let's. I'm gonna get a timer up so we can tell um what we did in terms of time. How far? How far we made it?
1: I'll get it right here if you don't have it
0: already. Oh no, no, you 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 get it. You get it. Three, two, one. All right, okay, so, so. <laughs> we're started. Yeah, we're we're doing this thing. I'm already hurting. We're two seconds in, and we're sitting, so there's no balance. And we will respect the other rule of uh, you know
1: we can't support the arm, but we obviously are sitting and not balancing. So we'll see how long this goes. And I don't know about you, Ben, but I am plenty nourished. I've been eating just fine.
0: Well, I'm 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 a little bit famished. I've been uh, without food at all. Actually, yeah, I haven't had anything to eat in the last. Four hours. So (laughs) I'm really starting to feel it. I can feel it in my um, tummy. Caleb, did you have a question? It looks like you got your hand raised. What do you think
1: about Nick's play to try to get a fire token out of his eventual demise?
0: Was that a good move on his part? I kind of was wishing that your entire sentence was, what did you think of Nick's play? Because I have so much to it's say bad. about Nick. It's bad I have so much to say about Nick though. Um but yeah, I am in pain. I know it sounds like what where are we at, Caleb? We're at two minutes, dude. You gotta answer the question. We can't
1: talk about this challenge the whole time. I'm in pain <laughs> too. But answer the question. This will make it more interesting. It's like hot ones, all right?
0: All right. So Nick was falling. Uh Tony even mentioned that later in the episode. He's like, Nick was coming down anyways. Um, Ben was trying to make the point that Nick is solid with Tony because he gave him immunity, but Tony knew better. Uh, he was falling. He bargained for a chip and he got it. So I, I don't hate that move. Um, I think if you're gonna fall, then go ahead and try to get a token out of it. I I, I thought that was Agreed. perfectly fine. Yeah, I, I think that on the
1: margin it makes sense, right? Because if, like you said, you are going to fall, why not try to get something for your failure? And the flip side is true for Tony too. It's like, sure, you think he's falling, but you don't know how solid you are. These things are very temperamental. You could let your arm drift just a little bit and lose. You know what? Split that reward 50-50 with them and know that you're going to be safe tonight sounds like a good deal to me all right ben it's been three minutes um we still have to keep going but now we get to move on to tribal council (laughs) yeah (laughs) trying to do this through the pain (laughs) this uh okay so just to summarize where i am as far as pain level it's obviously on my shoulder yeah and like all the blood is out of my arm but the shoulder is where it really is and obviously the temptation is to let the arm drift to the side or back or to lean back in my chair to kind of change the position there but obviously that isn't in good faith
0: so we aren't doing that but is that the same for you yeah um it's it's similar so my strategy at this point is to actually try to lift my arm higher to change the angle of my shoulder uh it's sort of working but now all parts of my shoulders are on fire Let, let's talk about something else i can't think i can't think about this or it should we hurts. call it at five minutes that's in 50 seconds let's see if we can make it to five because if i make it to 15 i will hate myself <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Oh, man. Tony. Actually, all those guys. I think they all made it to five minutes. Good for them. This is not easy.
0: No, it's not. Uh, Although we don't have $2 million on the line. So I'm going to say it's a little bit different.
1: What would you rate Kim's strategy in this episode and her endeavor to get Tony
0: out? One to 10. I would say one through 10. I would say I would rate it as a desperate and a too late. So uh, (laughs) three? It It was bad strategy. It was too late. It was not clever i think the clever ruse would have been to go oh we're we got a countdown going we're at five minutes baby okay okay we're done whoa (laughs) guys i have a newfound respect
1: oh gosh i would encourage all of you listeners at home to give that a try stand in front of a mirror somewhere you can actually see the angle of your arm and try to do that. You can even sit like we did. Five minutes was crazy. Okay, so yeah, you give her a a meh and a so-so.
0: I think the clever strategy would have been to go for uh, one of Tony's compatriots. I think at this point, it would have been smart. If it, if it were me, I would have gone for Ben. I think Sarah would have been too obvious. Even Tony was like, nervous that they were picking sarah nobody suspected ben but here's the thing about ben is he's the perfect person for tony to bring with him to the end um he has done nothing for himself Um, he's powerless to get jeremy out and tony knows all of this so he can throw it at him in final tribal and be like look you couldn't even get jeremy out and that was your main target for like you know the last three tribals at least uh he wants to take ben that's the person you take out Um, he's not a strategic threat so Tony doesn't think that anybody's going after him but nobody had that thought they're all thinking you know get the whale get tony out you know that that would have been at least the more clever option obviously the cleverest option would be to knock him out you know three or four tribals ago
1: i gave her a four so i gave her credit for a couple things i give her credit for trying to go for tony right she recognized correctly hey he and sarah are running this game he's clearly the one in control of that alliance he's made two really big moves in a row let's go ahead and get him I give her credit for that. She's the one thinking more long-term, it seems, than some of these other players in this season of Survivor. Where I knock her is in two different ways. Her first mistake was that she tried to get the vote decided before all the information was known. And what I mean by that is she did it before the challenge, right? She got all those players together and said, hey, guys, Tony's running this game. Let's get Tony. And she gets a majority of players together for that conversation. If I remember right, it was Kim, Denise, Michelle, Ben Dreebergen and Nick. So she gets those five players together and then they go to the challenge and then Tony comes back immune. So now you have to change a plan. You already used some political capital, getting the majority on board to vote out Tony and now you have to change it. Right. Here's where the second mistake comes in. She told Ben Dreebergen, AKA the five, six, seven time winner of Ben's Big Mouth Award every (laughs) single week. And now that Tony is immune, Ben Driebergen goes to him and his, essentially Tony's informant, and goes to him and says, hey, Kim was looking at you before you were immune. And then Tony's like, wait, they were going to blindside me? He's like, well, they were going to, but now you're immune and they can't. So then Tony acts in a different way and goes and, and basically blows this whole thing up. But those were Kim's biggest mistakes. What she should have done, I think, is kept tight with her very small alliance of Michelle and Denise spoken to them and said, hey guys, you know, I'd love to get Tony tonight if we can. Let's see what happens. And then after that wasn't an option, they should have, like you said, gone for Sarah, gone for Ben, gone for someone else that's aligned with Tony, maybe even Jeremy still, right? But then those three were the only ones who would have to realign and Ben Drebergen is never informed that Tony was the target at all. If you want to pull in Ben Drebergen, sure, go for it. But do it at the last minute like Tony does every single week.
0: Yeah, I don't think I would have pulled in Ben at all. I think I think Ben should have been the target again. Um, Jeremy obviously, would have voted for him, obviously. And here's another problem, right, with so many of these strategies, is people, it seems like they can't count. They don't understand, like, you know, how many people they need in order to have a majority. Everybody wants to be safe. And so instead of saying okay look we've got a tight alliance let's just this tight alliance vote for this person right instead of doing that they're like let's pull in this person's tight alliance and vote that person out and it's like no no because they're gonna go tell and you have to know that there's immunity idols lying around and if you don't have one chances are someone else does yeah if you have three people in
1: your alliance and none of you have one (laughs) <laughs> well, then, you know, some, one of those other five does and they're all talking
0: one or know? more at this late in the season that, you know, if you if your alliance doesn't have immunity idols, you are screwed. And um, and of course, they they basically are at this point. Tony's man. He's running things like a juggernaut right now. So let's go there right
1: now. Rate yeah. Tony on a scale of one to ten in his strategy this episode.
0: Gosh, man, uh, he's 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 doing what I said that he needs to do in order to win, you know, since last episode, he he played a near perfect perfect episode. And it was it was masterful. The first thing he did was, you know, go to his tight alliance and mend the fences, right? He went to every single one of them and said, "Look, here's why I did it. We are still good. I want to take you to the end." And they bought it hook
1: line and sinker. Every time I see Tony do this, I think, you know what? I thought that Kageyan was a fluke. I thought Tony somehow just got this very specific group of people in his tribe that were all dumb enough to let him blindside one member at a time and they were all going to be willing to go with him to the end. But he's doing it again with seasoned winners of this game.
0: He is taking Sarah and Ben to the end and they know it. And the problem is Ben is too dumb to realize he has no shot at winning with Tony at the end. And if he doesn't turn on Tony... Like now, he has absolutely no shot. Now, if Ben turns on Tony and gets him voted out, he has a good shot at winning. Like at it, at this point, I mean, whoever takes Tony out has the best shot at winning. Otherwise, Tony's gonna run away with the final tribal. And he should. Like he started out, So well, storing up that political capital. He didn't cash it in. He didn't cash it in. And then he cashed it in at the very end. uh, Well, I mean, not quite the very end. You know, there's still a lot of game to be played. And what I said last episode was that he needs to play nearly perfectly to make it to the end. And he started out by mending the fences, then winning immunity. (laughs) Then his closest ally and one of the biggest goats in the game... Finds a, an immunity idol and shows it to him. And I mean, he's everything is falling his way. He's playing perfectly with what he's got. Um, I'm really excited. I I still find myself wanting someone like Jeremy to throw him off, you know, and and to to backstab him. You know, I want to see it shake up. But I would be a hundred percent down with a Tony final. Him taking Sarah to the end and Ben to the end, and them just realizing how soundly they have been defeated in this game. So, Caleb, why don't you rate Tony for us? What are your thoughts? Zero to ten. I gave him an eight, and.
1: I give him obviously a lot of credit, he played a very, very, very good episode. So the deductions that I gave him were basically that Tribal was not as set as last time. Let's say last episode for Tony, getting out Sophie, let's say that was a 10, right? They walk into Tribal Council with a firm, distinct plan, no one says a word, no one blows the cover, and they vote out one of the most threatening people in the game, right? this Mm -hmm. one he was successful he got another big threat in the game and he did it however this tribal was all up in the air i do not think things were settled at all he had two of his alliance members questioning whether they needed to play advantages or not jeremy with his 50 50 token or sarah with i guess tony's community immunity idol i suppose you know because she made the decision not to play it regardless though things were not as sure this time as they were last time even with that tony kind of has been playing this game like a detective you know and that's not surprising since he's a police officer but first he has his informant ben drebergen come to him in this episode and says so and so is going for you kim wants you out of this game so then he hears this and he doesn't go crazy he goes and tries to validate this information so he goes to nick wilson and he goes to Nick and kind of interrogates him a little bit like a police officer would and Nick looks so guilty he has no answer if you watch his eyes they just do this the whole time they look up and to
0: the side and to the other <laughs> side and down. he's like and... oh let me think let me think uh, let me oh, think." Oh, what
1: happened oh whose name was it ah uh,
0: shoot remember. I had that conversation 30 seconds ago and I just can't remember who was talking to me <laughs> so Tony of course doesn't actually
1: make him confess but knows he just knows that Nick is lying and therefore that he was the target. So then he takes that new confirmed information, goes back to Ben Dreebergen and somehow convinces him, hey, you know your mortal enemy in this game, Jeremy? Can you and him please get on the same page? Will you please hear me out so we can go for Kim? Because otherwise they're gonna turn against us and pull Nick in and we're gonna lose this game. And then he gets Jeremy to do the same thing and somehow he gets Jeremy and Ben to break bread, right? And to come to a consensus for at least one vote Mm -hmm. To get out Kim, who is currently gunning for Tony. I just can't get over how impressive all of that is. These are guys who have been fighting like the Hatfields and the McCoys for three or four episodes now. And it just doesn't make sense. One other thought I did have on Tribal Council this week was just how bad these live tribals actually end up being. My example is that they do have subtitles for all the whispering and everything, which is great, but it doesn't line up with the final vote. The example that I have for this week is that there's a moment where nick goes up to sarah and he says tony wants me to vote for kim but i'm not going to do it so to think about that nick is going to tony's number one and is telling tony's number one hey your guy wants me to vote for kim and i'm not going to do it so the only thing that i can take away from that is that for whatever reason at that moment nick genuinely was not going to vote for kim and then he goes up to that voting booth and he votes for kim it doesn't make any sense There was some type of conversation between point A and point B there that we weren't privy to because these live tribals are so hard to portray to us as the audience. They make no sense. They make no narrative sense at all.
0: I agree with the fact that live tribals are confusing. I think, though, it is very possible that Nick's last conversation included him saying i wasn't going to vote for kim and then between his walk from that conversation to the voting booth he changed his mind and the reason is because nick goes with whoever is the most powerful that's his game and he doesn't want it to be that way if he were sitting here with us watching you know his play he'd be like yeah man i shouldn't have done that i guarantee you hmm. you know looking back on this he, he even <sighs> okay I'm glad we're talking about Nick so he starts this episode <laughs> out he starts his episode out like he's waking up from a long nap and he says uh Nick gonna do his thing Nick gonna start making moves because you know now I've got this vision and I'm my eyes are wide open and I'm trying to look at the final and then proceeded to do nothing about it absolutely nothing he he, he his gameplay was so weak so weak, he crumbles under a tiny bit of pressure from Tony. And the reason is because he is allowing himself to be motivated by fear. He is allowing himself to make moves based on what is going to keep him safe. And while that may be some, a trait of a survivor, it is not a trait of a winner in this game. So he's he's going to continue to make it far. He may even be taken. Um, I, I I think probably whoever uh, backstabs Tony, right, and, and goes to the end, I think they're going to want to take Nick with them. And so I think, honestly, in that conversation, he's saying, I'm not going to do what Tony wants me to do. But then when it comes time to actually do it, he crumbles and writes down the name that allows him to go with the majority. Not entirely unlike Michelle, who gave her advantage to jeremy and then and then proceeded to write his name down
1: i think that was a try to do what sandra did a couple episodes ago type move it's like hey i'm gonna vote for you but i'm gonna give you the advantage that you can play i want to be in the majority i don't want any heat
0: for this for saving you but i will give this to you so you can save yourself if you want to let's get into best move gotta go to tony has to go to tony I think that the the big point in this episode, one of the big points in this episode was at the very beginning when Tony was in jeopardy, Cops R Us was in jeopardy, and he brought it back in one conversation. And maybe it's not all the way back to where it was at the beginning of the season, right? But he got to the point where Sarah could be honest with him. She expressed her emotions, and and again, going back to the last episode, I thought it was over. I said, "Cops or us is done." I thought so too. Yeah, and somehow tony was able to do what i didn't think was possible which was bring to life an alliance that i thought was completely dead there's a stronger bond there between him and sarah than I I thought existed I didn't give him credit for this but cops RS is extremely strong to the point where Sarah said I'm not gonna backstab him I know he's not gonna backstab me yeah and at this point
1: Tony has no reason to and of course she's the only one that knows about the spy nest shout out to the spy nest I didn't even get to talk about that yet he's like my spine has evolved I'm up in the air
0: <laughs> yeah I I <laughs> so do, I, wa- I want to say one more quick thing about Sarah though I I think at this point for her her to continue with him and take him to the end it would be akin to Woo's move that ended up empowering Tony to win his season and I think that Sarah is in prime position to take Tony down but I'm concerned that she won't because of some of the things that she said in this episode if she does not have if she has loyalty above that two million dollars, she is going to lose in Final Tribal to Tony Vlachos. And if she realizes that her going to Final Tribal without her her main partner throughout the whole game, Sophie, having lost Sophie to Tony, if she doesn't realize that that is a losing equation for her, then she's she's lost the game and she's made a miscalculation on par with Wu. Um, during Tony's winning season,
1: you're absolutely right. I totally agree. I think that the bond between them is stronger than we thought for sure. And we also underestimated the temptation as a human when security blanket A is taken away, Sophie, as much as you may hate security blanket B, Tony, you're going to go back to it because you have no other safe place in this game. And Tony says, you know what? We're still good. I still got you. And for whatever reason, Tony is very, very convincing in all of these apologetic conversations that he has after every big move that he makes. So my best move was the same as yours. I'll totally agree with you. I'll give one runner up for sake of content. I think Jeremy not playing the 50-50 coin Mm -hmm. that he got for free by the way was a huge thing and i think that jeremy based that move purely off of the feedback that he was getting from tony at tribal council right he knew that his name was going to be written down by at least a few players and he turns to tony and basically says should i play this and i think he was looking for the answer to that question to indicate what he should do if tony said i don't think you should play it he was going to fear, oh, no, Tony is trying to screw me over. Why else would Tony want me to not play this potential idol, right? But Tony didn't say that. Tony said, play it if you want to. Go for it. You want to play it? Go for it. So then he knew, okay, Tony's on my side at least. I think Tony's in control of this vote. Therefore, if Tony is
0: fine with me playing this idol, I don't need to play this idol. I'll sit on it. Furthermore, Tony wants Jeremy to play that idol because Tony does not want to sit next to Jeremy at the end. And the sooner he can get that idol out. So I think that was part of the equation for Jeremy is he's thinking if Tony wants me to play it, he's wanting me to waste my idol so that I'm an easier target. And otherwise he's trying to blindside me without me playing the idol. I feel like Jeremy has kind of just had bad luck this game. Not quite as bad as like Adam, but
1: he hasn't had very many things go his way because he's really, really smart, really athletic, really competitive and unfortunately he just hasn't had that many people that want to work with him in a meaningful way because they're all so scared of him.
0: Yeah, great personality too. I think I think him losing Natalie at the very beginning of the game Huge. kind of started that that cascade of events. And to me, he's been of all the players in that are still on the original island, he has had an experience the most like the Edge of Extinction in that he's felt like he's behind the entire time. He's mm. felt like he hasn't been able to make moves. All he's been trying to do is survive and he's done a great job of it. And he has a great personality too. And and that scares people like Ben because Ben sees him only as a threat to win the game, right. which is crazy because he doesn't see how his own strongest alliance member is an even stronger threat to win the game his his hatred for jeremy in the game not as a person but it has overwhelmed his logic center of his brain which should tell him that tony Vlachos is absolutely going to win Uh, i do not expect that to come to ben's mind at any point i think he's completely locked in on going with Tony to the end and somehow making some... Yeah, we literally saw Ben Bergen get outed about trying to hide his newfound immunity idol
1: and then get on his knees in front of Tony and say, that moment of weakness right there, that is not me. I am loyal to you. <laughs> I mean, he was on his knees and then he carried Tony away like a newly wedded bride. It was yeah. a great moment to see Ben Bergen accepting his fate as Tony's, I guess, right-hand man and permanent goat I suppose. Uh, So who would you give your worst move to this
0: week? There were a couple poor moves. I think I'm going to have to go with Ben and the handling of his found immunity idol. The smart players, the ones without big mouths, will see an idol, right? They'll find one and they'll, they'll walk away when they're with someone and they'll remember to come back and and it it's hard to do because you have to trust that no one else is gonna find it behind you but instead he does the most the least calculated thing I've ever seen on survivor he grabs it in the open and then like tries to slide it into his pants and now what he's done now what he's done is not only has he alienated slightly his biggest alliance member if you want to call it that he also has lost the secrecy of the idol which he acted as if he wanted to use at some point to get Tony out. And now Tony knows, so he doesn't feel like he can use it against Tony. I can't tell you how big a moment that was. That could have changed Ben's game um, if he had had the nerve and also the the strategic mind to handle that appropriately and he did not so that to me easily has to be the worst move this episode
1: and to build off of what you just said not only was ben Driebergen so beholden to tony and that he showed it confessed it got on his knees to ask got for on business. his knees but but in addition to all of that at tribal council when sarah felt insecure about the vote he was offering to play his idol for sarah lucina tony's other number one right so that means he's not only beholden to tony but to tony's other alliance members who aren't even really that close to him
0: you know what he's doing he's playing old school survivor i guess so i mean he's playing that alliance survivor ah, and and go back
1: to season 10 then my man go back i would i
0: would say look here's the thing he has been playing old school survivor from the very beginning that is like that is coach wade crap that's that's like (laughs) way way throwback survivor where his enemy is basically like the person who's not voting with him in the last tribal is his enemy and he's gonna take him down and then he's got his ride or die that are comp- he treats completely differently from anyone else, which is old school Survivor. Who cares about the outcome of these decisions?
1: These are who these people are to me. I'm going to put them in these categories and treat them accordingly. I think you're absolutely right. So who I would give my worst move of the week to, my, my main person is Michelle giving Jeremy her 50-50 coin, for which she spent four fire tokens, four fire tokens what are you doing (laughs) michelle what are you doing at least if you're gonna play this for jeremy play it yourself own that decision and if it goes well you look pretty cool but if now you give it to him and it saves his butt now jeremy looks like the guy that was smart enough to con you out of a, a very expensive advantage and played it successfully for himself making you look all more the Foolish. At some point, Michelle's probably going to need that 50-50 coin, and I don't know if Jeremy's going to give it back or not, but I just don't understand Michelle's gameplay here at all other than she's just playing 100% emotionally.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: My runner-up, just slightly below that, in terms of playing emotionally, is Denise's episode at Tribal giving Jeremy the hand. Giving him the finger. She, oh Well, the, the, the pointer finger,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was so surprised because all of this mayhem is taking place, and Jeremy's just trying to find out whether or not he's the vote this week. And Denise basically just says, I'm done with this. I'm finished. I'd be curious to see if we'll see a decrease in live tribal activity going forward just because we have people now that are getting – really antsy about it, but I was shocked because that showed the jury that she's not in control of her emotions. She's not in control of the gameplay because they're going to see now that she voted for Jeremy, wasn't on the right side of the votes, and then still chose to forego additional dialogue. Not a good look for my girl Denise this week. For being a therapist, I expected a little bit more
0: yeah she she couldn't handle it i think she kind of broke under the pressure a little Got bit intense yeah 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 and especially as one who had an immunity necklace around her neck uh, it, that did surprise me i'm gonna give yeah big mouth award I, I can't do it to ben again we've already talked about he had a kind of a, a big mouth moment he had several i'm gonna have to say him on this one Um, going to ben and giving him information on targeting tony i i could see this actually working out for her had she actually been targeting ben going to ben and giving him misinformation i think would have been a smart move but in this case she gave him the actual plan and i mean she didn't need him it was totally unnecessary and it blew up her game and it got her voted out it 100% got her voted out ben, that Kim was not the target Jeremy was the target and and Kim made it about herself by putting a poor a poor move into places poorly conceived it was not creative and then she gave the information to the the sheep uh being led to the slaughter by Tony Blatches I will just give
1: that a firm ditto. My pick here was Ben Dreebergen again because he's the one that told Tony, but you're right. One step behind that was Kim choosing to bring in the guy who has the biggest mouth in the game, literally and figuratively. And big surprise, (laughs) it got her. You know, it was not a good decision. Okay, so next week, I'm stoked. It's a two-hour special. And then after that, we have a three-hour finale. What? Okay. Next week, I think because of that, we're going to go from seven players probably down to five players. So there's going to be two eliminations next week. And then I think we're going to have the Edge of Extinction player come in at the finale for that three-hour extravaganza going up to the standard six players for the finale, right, as right, as most right. seasons end. I think that's what's going to happen. With that in mind, who do you think are the two players that are going to get voted out this next week?
0: So I think, uh, I think it's got to be Jeremy at this point. Um, if Tony gets his way, which he probably will, they've got two pocket immunity idols. I, I would be shocked. I don't think there's any way Tony gets taken out on this next vote unless Sarah Lacina decides that it's time for this to happen. And And going off what she said this episode, it doesn't look possible. But she's the only one with the power to make it happen. She's so close to Tony. Tony needs her. She understands that. If she used that against him, got him voted out, she would be in in great shape to make it all the way. Now, whether she does that this vote or next vote after Jeremy's out would be up to her. I would wait. I would get Jeremy out first because Jeremy is still a conceivable threat to win even if she takes Tony out um but i think that tony wants to cut jeremy loose to keep ben with him to keep sarah with him to be a predictable player for both of them where they feel comfortable moving forward with tony i think this has to be a goodwill move where he says look oh, here we go let's let's get jeremy out let's let's do it um, will it be that simple? I I don't know. The only thing that makes me think it's for sure going to happen is that there really aren't any other threats left in the game. I, there's no one else for Tony to target. I don't think Nick is absolutely clueless. Uh, Michelle is giving away immunity and just making poor decisions all over the place. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think Kim was Kim was someone who had at least the nerve. To make that move and he got her out so all that's left really for tony to do is take out jeremy and then ride to the end what do you think's gonna happen I think i think your votes? first
1: pick is spot on i think he's going to have to appease ben drebergen at some point as well so you take those two things right jeremy is a legitimate threat in the end and going to the end and he's smart he's athletic i mean he, he's the whole package right so he's a threatening guy and on top of that your main guy wants him out more than anything else in the world and you just convinced him to go against that for one more week you've got to pay that back at some point for risk of damaging that relationship i totally agree who i think is going to go after that i am partially operating from the assumption that tony is going to remain in control of this game because i think tony for i mean i have no reason i think he's not going to keep it going right who is the most threatening after Jeremy is gone in terms of threatening to his gameplay? I actually think that it's Nick, and that's because Nick has no allegiance to anybody or anything. He will go with whatever at any time. Denise at least, you know, is is a predictable and logical player. Michelle, in her own way, is a predictable and logical player. Nick will switch week to week, day to day, hour to hour. You do not need someone like that in the end game to screw things up for you.
0: My only caveat to that is that nick is very easily manipulated especially by tony like i can't really see tony cutting nick loose when he's been able to successfully manipulate him so many times and there's still there's still some decent players left i mean i say that if not nick then who denise
1: denise is a decent option because denise and tony have been on opposite side of the votes multiple times um, they were on opposite side of when Tyson went out. They were on opposite sides when Sophie went out. They were on opposite sides. This last episode when Kim went out. So she's won some individual immunities too. Yeah, you know, yeah, she's won two of those now, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you're right. That's a that's a valid point. It may be Denise
0: first. Well, we'll we'll have to see, uh, Caleb. That ends yet another episode of tribal talk thank you so much for hanging out with us and uh can't wait for that two-hour episode next week so stay tuned and uh, thanks for listening everyone thanks guys